0: A very interesting new study finds that Americans, on average, die younger in conservative and red states. Now, this won't be a surprise to some of you who know some of the underlying data here. But let's start with the study as reported by The Guardian, more liberal policies on environment, gun safety, labor, economic taxes and tobacco taxes associated with lower mortality. The authors of the study write. Simulations indicate that changing all policy domains in all states to a fully liberal orientation could have saved over one hundred and seventy one thousand lives in twenty nineteen. Changing to a fully conservative orientation could cost more than two hundred and seventeen thousand lives. The study was published in plus plus PLOS one plus PLOS one PLOS one. I always forget how it's pronounced, which is um, a science journal. The authors are from Syracuse, Syracuse University, Harvard, VCU, University of Washington, University of Texas at Austin and University of Western Ontario, Canada. I have to tell you, this really isn't surprising. There is a very interesting metric. And when we talk about the United States, sometimes it's said, well, the United States could really be divvied up into six different regions that would be as big as many European countries or 12 different regions I have seen, there is a metric called the Human Development Index. This metric takes into account health, education, income and life expectancy to give us a number essentially below zero and one, one being very high and zero being very low. And when you look around the world, you see maybe not like a hugely surprising. A list of countries at the top of the list. So for example, countries with a very, very high HDI human development index, Switzerland, Norway, Iceland, Hong Kong, Australia, no real surprises there right there with them. Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, Germany, Netherlands, Finland, Singapore, Belgium, New Zealand, Canada. You start to see trends in the types of places that these are you can assign values just like you can to a country, to a state. And one of the things that you will see, which are totally separate from this study that we're talking about here, is that the states with the highest HDIs also are overwhelmingly blue states. You've got at the top Massachusetts, Connecticut, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Colorado, D.C., North Dakota, Washington, Hawaii, New York, Maryland, Vermont. So we are 1314 in with one red state and one purple state of New Hampshire. This is not new information to many of us. Now, what's an important question in general is the life expectancy specifically. Do they die younger because they're poorer And they're poorer due to Republican economic policy. Or do they die younger because of the direct effect of Republican social and other policy? The answer pretty clearly seems to be a sort of all of the above type of thing. Uh, Going back to the article a little bit, um, especially strong associations were observed between certain domains and specific causes of death between gun safety and suicide mortality among men between labor and alcohol induced mortality between both the economic tax and tobacco tax and cardiovascular mortality. Um, Very very interesting. And the study authors also note that American life expectancy as a whole is lower than most high income countries falling between Cuba and Albania. One of the things that sometimes will come up on the show is I want to move to a country with a much higher standard of living. And one of the things to understand is that a lot of times the folks saying that are in states with low standards of living, it's difficult to move to a lot of the countries on the list I showed you, but it's much easier relatively there. It's not free. There's still costs. And sometimes those states are more expensive. You can much more easily move to a state in the U.S. with an equivalent standard of living too many of those European countries because the United States is so stratified and um, the difference between Massachusetts and Mississippi on every indicator could not be more different. So interesting study, not surprising information, but interesting to see it laid out so cleanly in terms of the data. We'll link to the study so you can take a look at it for yourselves. You might remember last week I told you that Lara Logan, formerly of 60 Minutes, she is a Um, uh, she is now a right wing conspiracy nut. I hate to use such uh, titillating and provocative language, but that is what she is. She appeared on Newsmax. I played the clip for you. She delivered a completely unhinged xenophobic rant, essentially her version of white replacement theory or great replacement theory. She was banned from Newsmax, Okay, Instead of rethinking some of her ideas and saying maybe I was wrong on some of this stuff, I don't know. She appeared on The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV with an even crazier conspiracy theory about children. Listen to this.
1: The reason I believe that people reacted that way is it's all about the children. The question they don't want us asking is where are all the missing children? What happens to these children? How can hundreds of thousands of kids go missing in the United States every year and nobody knows where they are? They just vanish? I don't think so. Every sex trafficking ring worldwide knows bring the kids to the United States. That this administration is participating in the trafficking of kids because they're paying uh, companies, LLCs and nonprofits and church groups. They're paying them to take these kids and disappear them, including the report that you showed, have talked about the blood of young children being the secret to anti aging.
0: You guys, are, you, you know what she just said, right? Ingesting or injecting the blood of young young children as an anti aging mechanism.
1: And why does nobody ask where does blood come from? How do you get the blood of young children? And does it matter if the children are younger and younger and younger? So now you're talking are you talking about the blood of babies now?
0: No, no one's talking about that, Lara. You know, at this point, it genuinely seems like this is someone who. Should be more on the mental health treatment side than the delivering opinion publicly side. You got banned from Newsmax. Newsmax is insane. And what you said was too crazy for Newsmax. Uh, It's time to maybe rethink some of your views. But unfortunately, and I'm not even kidding, this is kind of sad because at one point, Lara Logan did some reasonably good journalistic reporting. Um, She is completely off the deep end in every way. And I feel bad for her to some degree, but at the end of the rainbow, for lack of a better term. I want to have compassion and, I, you know, all these different things at the end of the rainbow. There are so many people in the United States so delusional and depraved that even this stuff they hear and they believe. I mean, who would have thought QAnon beliefs could invade one fifth of the Republican Party, as we learned in a recent poll. And so my instinct is empathy and, uh, you know, saying this is someone who's in, in a crisis. She needs support, et cetera. And also extremely dangerous because of the things that she is saying, which get followers no matter how crazy they are. My friends, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are doing our very best to get to two million subscribers. We're at about one point five five. Now we don't even need any new viewers to get to two million because I learned that last month. 4.3 million different people watched videos on our YouTube channel, and yet only 1.5 million were subscribers. We already have nearly 3 million additional viewers. They already watch the content. Some of them even like it, although some don't. If just a fraction of you find folks who watch but don't subscribe, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, we could get to two million overnight. Do the thing youtube.com slash the David Pacman show. We're going to take maybe the shortest break in history and be right back with much more. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor, Henson shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover, and they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just zero point zero zero one three inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensensenshaving.comslash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's h e n s o n shaving.com slash pacman. Use code pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy, and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, dot com. Slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. I want to tell you about something I use every day because it simplifies my life. I don't have hours to mathematically plan every meal or take multiple different supplements and vitamins to make sure I'm getting exactly what I want to get every single day. And the solution is our sponsor, Athletic Greens product, a G one. I've been taking AG one for over a year. It's just great. It's just one small scoop of AG one in the morning. I get 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotic, all from whole food sources. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's no extraneous stuff making wild claims. I drink it straight with water because I like the taste. You can put it in a smoothie or juice or a shake. It's just simple. AG one is a sustainable routine because it's just one scoop in the morning. Takes one minute once a day. I know I'm covered and getting what I want. I can really be sure that I am properly nourishing my body with the things I'm trying to get. That's the most important part. Athletic Greens knows I'm a vitamin D guy. I've talked about in the winter, I take vitamin D to make up for the lack of sun exposure. I take that every day as well. I've mentioned it on the show. And so Athletic Greens is giving you a free year of vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreenscom Pacman. that's athleticgreenscom Pacman. the link is in the podcast notes the david Pakman show is of, po- of course a program supported by our audience we don't have some big media company backing us we don't have regardless of what people email in and say some rich guy funding the show. We're primarily funded by you, and you can sign up at joinpacman.com, get a membership, get the bonus show, get the daily commercial free audio and video feeds, and the exclusive invites to the members only town halls. Get all of it, and you can use the coupon code bigvoting22 to get an absolutely perfect discount. Let's go to the Discord lines, phone lines, call them what you want. Let's hear from the people in the audience. At the end of the day, the most important people to the show. slash uh, Discord is where you can find the Discord. And let's start today with Diego from Jacksonville, Florida. Diego, welcome. What's on your mind today? Diego, welcome. What is on your mind today? And Diego is gone. Let's go next to Paul from St. Louis. Paul from St. Louis. Welcome to the program. Hi, David. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, my friend. Beautiful. Um, So I had a quick comment
2: about your interview with Mike Lindell. and I know we've beaten this to death already. Sure. Um, But I showed that interview to a friend of mine and he insisted that Mike Lindell, instead of being just uh, unable to come up with his own thoughts, Uh, And trying to like get these numbers from uh, what was it, Minnesota,
0: Wisconsin, Um, I think, in the interview I did with him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So instead of um, that, he's just being dishonest. And I said, I don't know. I feel like he really is a true believer and believes what he's saying. Um, But what I would like to see if you actually do interview him again in the future uh, is communicate with him ahead of time. Listen, I might ask you about this. I would like to I'd like for you to have those numbers in front of you. Um, so that we can actually discuss and like really drill (laughs) down into what these numbers are telling us
0: in a practical sense, it's basically impossible The the community. So that would make sense, like in a logical planet where where the communication with him and his team makes sense. But based on the way that these interviews get booked and what the communication is like, That is an impossibility. It's not an unreasonable suggestion. You're making a completely reasonable suggestion. It'll just never happen the way that it's it's a miracle. He even ends up in front of the camera at the time, roughly at the time we've agreed on.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I think that is very fair. Uh, I do (laughs) think that in that interview he was the most
0: lucid I think I've ever seen him. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, I you're right in a sense. But there's a question of, okay. He sounds articulate and lucid, but at the same time, if he's literally just making the things up as he goes along, it's not particularly it's not real lucidity. And if he's delusionally believing these things, that's also not really lucid. I think what you mean is he just sounded coherent.
2: Yes, that's exactly what I mean.
0: Right, right, right. No, I agree with you. He did sound more coherent, although the things coming out of his mouth made no sense.
2: Uh, Okay, one more quick question. Is there um, a time slot that you are booking for him or is it his people telling you, "Okay, this is how much time that he has?
0: So I was I our producer Pat handled the logistics. If I recall correctly, the interview was roughly at the normal time we propose. So I, I it seems to me that we kind of proposed the time and he agreed to it.
2: Okay. Yeah, because I was wondering if there's a way to like, you know, instead of like really just let him find those numbers and just sit there until he (laughs) comes up with them. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying makes sense. It's just like when you're actually producing a show, things don't necessarily work out where that that's plausible.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, that's all I had, David.
0: All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah. No. A lot of people with a lot of questions about the logistics of the uh, pillow interview and others. Um, Okay, we are taking calls through Discord. Remember, if you want even a chance of getting on, your nickname has to have your name and where you're calling in from. So I see folks with nicknames or no location or, 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 you know, inside jokes or whatever. You won't get called on unless you have the proper delineation. Like, for example, Jess from Oregon, Jess from Oregon. You were able to figure out how to correctly set up your nickname and now you're on the show.
3: Oh, wonderful um I uh wanted to ask you about the uh have you seen uh these environmental protests like environmentalist protesters who have been throwing food on uh paintings and then gluing their hand to the wall
0: yes I have
3: okay my question for you is uh as a you know we're we're both pretty young people who care about the earth. Does this do anything? Is this giving um, attention to is this like calling attention to the right people? Is this I don't think so.
0: Jess, I think that this is a terribly misguided form of protest. Now, one of the arguments that's made is but listen, David, now you and Jess are talking about it. Yes, we're talking about it, but the context isn't that. The attempted destruction of a Van Gogh painting has now made Jess and I start donating to end world hunger, right? (laughs) We're talking about it as, wow, this is really misguided. Now, I am sympathetic to the view that if you only do protests in the ways that everybody agrees you should do them, you will achieve nothing in many cases. It's it's understood that sometimes you've got to make people a little uncomfortable or you've got to kind of insert yourself into a situation. But destroying artwork, priceless artwork, historically significant artwork to make the case that we should be focused on the climate or on hunger or whatever, um, I don't think is actually achieving that. And if you look at the conversations about these attempts uh, to, to, you know, throw the paint and all this other stuff, it's mentioned that, oh, and it was because of hunger. But nobody goes, wow that's really what our focus should be. Let's go donate to end hunger. People go. This is the wrong way to go about it. The the motivation becomes not even secondary. It becomes almost irrelevant. And there I don't believe they're achieving anything at all.
3: Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's uh, I'm sorry, it is creating a spectacle instead of creating something thought provoking.
0: Right, right.
3: All right. Well, thank you very much for your input.
0: Thank you, Jess. Everything good in Oregon there?
3: No, I mean, it's smoky.
0: smoky. (laughs) All right. Well, appreciate hearing from you.
3: Thanks so much.
0: All right. There goes Jess from Oregon bringing up a very important issue. Let's go next to uh, why don't we go now to. Is it Jess or Jesse from North Carolina? It's kind of cut off.
4: Uh, Josiah, as a matter of fact,
0: Josiah, welcome, Josiah.
4: I appreciate it, David. Hey, I got a question, especially in light of the uh, last night's debate between Oz and Fetterman.
0: Yes. Coming earlier this about, week. Right.
4: Well, was it not last night?
0: Well, you know, we're, we're it's oh, Friday gotcha. today. It's Friday today.
4: True. Touche. Yeah. Uh, I got thinking about, you know, well, we're seeing obviously the The polls change uh, to the detriment of Democrats. You've been commenting on this on your shows. And I keep going back to the double standards to which I feel the Democrats are held to, not just by conservatives, but also by centrist moderates and people on the left in terms of performance and substance. And I I was on Twitter and I was seeing like all the headlines um, from people who would be considered, quote unquote, uh liberal or mainstream journalists which are perceived to have a liberal bias, and mm-hmm. they were ravaging Fetterman for his performance, even yep. though you know his communication issues, as far as we know, are just it's a temporary aphasia. It's a stroke-induced speech impediment.
0: Yeah, I don't like, know how temporary it is, to be totally honest, but it's not cognitive. I mean, he remembered all the facts, he remembered all the points, he understood his position and those of, of Mehmet Oz. I don't know if it's temporary, but it's certainly it's only a speech thing. That's absolutely the case.
4: And and fair enough. It may it may very well not be transient. But I got thinking about it and I'm like, the GOP has been fielding and successfully electing terrible communicators who, as far as we know, don't have a medical basis like W. Bush and Palin and Trump and Gosar and Green. Why is it? That everybody, not just conservatives, but everybody seems to hold Democrats to a higher standard of performance and style and substance in terms of politicking and messaging and debate. And is there anything that we can do as people who want Democrats to take power to stop contributing to that double standard? I don't know what
0: we can do to stop contributing to it. It, You know, you're asking me why, because because they're hypocrites, right? I don't know how to answer it any more clearly. You know, Herschel Walker, as far as we know, didn't have a stroke. It's not been acknowledged that he has CTE from playing football and he makes less sense than Fetterman. Right. Fetterman had a speech issue, but he at least communicated policy and understands the issues and stuck to the issue that was being discussed, et cetera, et cetera. They say Fetterman should have dropped out, blah, 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 blah. And they say any criticism of Herschel Walker is racism, for example, or something like that. Right. I, I don't know what we can do to stop them being hypocrites, but that's fundamentally what this is.
4: Do you agree, though? See, because I I guess I don't see it just as an us versus them. I feel that that people who would nominally be considered quote-unquote liberal or quote-unquote you know like like there's the perception that the the mainstream media that the new york times the cnn yeah has a liberal bias and i probably agree that most new york times and cnn journalists i would expect would vote democrat Mm -hmm. but they i feel hold democrats to higher performative and substantive standards than republicans as well because again if If the metric is this person's a poor communicator, therefore, they should drop out of the race. Then who on earth could the Republican Party ever field? Again, (laughs) W. Bush, Palin, Trump. So so do you I guess do you agree that it's not just conservatives holding Democrats to a higher standard? I do
0: agree. I do agree. And part of it is, I mean, it's a good thing that we have higher standards, right? Trump would never have won the Democratic primary in 2016. He won the Republican primary because we have higher higher standards than they do, and that's a good thing in a lot of cases. It starts to become not so good if it contributes to more of these right wing lunatics getting elected.
4: I agree. Okay. Well, I I appreciate it. I'm glad at least we there's some sort of consensus, and I appreciate your coverage on all this. Keep going.
0: Thank you so much. Very much appreciate the call. Let's go to Dylan from Tijuana. Dylan, welcome. Días, David. ¿Cómo estás?
5: Bien, bien. ¿Y usted?
0: Can I tell you something that drives me nuts about how Americans pronounce the name of the of the city you're in?
5: Oh my God, me too.
0: Yeah, they say, <laughs> right? oh, you know, I went from San Diego to Tijuana, and I'm like, no, first of no, all, no. where
5: cringe, are you, cringe, cringe.
0: where are you getting some of these additional syllables? It doesn't make any sense. Tia, like the word Wait. for aunt, um, it's. Tijuana. That's it, guys. Please.
5: Yeah, I know.
0: All right, Dylan. Go Uh, ahead, please. I'm sorry.
5: My uh, my question for you is uh, how screwed do you think uh, do you think people are in the Colorado River Basin like L.A., Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, Tijuana for water scarcity in the future?
0: Oh, uh, listen, here's the thing about it. I don't want to. Okay, let's see. How can I how can I back this up? One of the things that sometimes happens in any kind of climate change discussion is people will start to say, hey, listen, I agree there's a problem. I agree if nothing changes, it'll be a disaster. But I'm confident that engineering and ingenuity will figure out a solution before it really becomes a problem. And I think that that's very, very dangerous thinking because we should be trying to figure things out, but we should also be changing our behavior and our consumption, and all these different things. On the issue of water. I actually am more confident that science and technology is going to figure out a solution in that part of the country. But I still think that water usage and water rights, which are a really controversial thing in California and in that area, need to be kind of rethought from the ground up anyway, even though based on what I'm reading about water technology, It's probably all going to work out okay, although there may be irreversible changes to the fertility of certain parts of those states as climate changes and water becomes more scarce, not drinking water, but but uh, sort of groundwater, as as the, the case may be. So that's that's a really complicated issue.
5: Yeah. And here in Tijuana we've uh it's happened a couple of times this year and several times last year where we'll have tens of thousands of people without water because they're making repairs to the to the water lines supposedly for you know, better efficiency and you know, better management and stuff like that. But yeah. then I go out and drive in the streets of Tijuana and there's just these large leaks, just you know, roads are wet in the it, middle of a sunny day because yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I as a consumer in general on these climate change things, I'm tired of being blamed for my individual choices when it's the large government authorities and large industries that are really, really messing up. It's like and, the thing about
0: <laughs> straws, you know, and it's like, wait, hold on a second, let's back up a little bit. Or, you know, I took a seven instead of a five minute shower. But look at the almond and avocado growers and how they're, you know, using ungodly amounts of water. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. The, the drops in the bucket.
5: Exactly right. Well, yeah. I really appreciate you uh, coming down, coming down to our side of the border. And uh, if you're ever in Tijuana, hit me up.
0: Yeah. So like what are the what are the best tacos in Tijuana?
5: The tacos you're eating at the time.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, like they're all good. They're all good. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I will say one thing. Uh, In Tijuana, we have a a slight regional variation on some uh, adobada. Adobada in Tijuana means something different from the rest of the country. Hmm. The rest of the country in the U.S. will call it al pastor, but we have our own little kind of twist, regional twist on it. So I highly recommend adobada.
0: That's that's a fair recommendation. Have you had Americans go down and and ask about tacos? Have you heard that pronunciation before?
5: Uh, you just like asking the cringe, don't you, David? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard everything. It's yeah, yeah.
0: No, I re- the other day uh, a friend of mine said tacos, and I was like, what is happening?
5: Yeah. Anyway,
0: pop. all right. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate it.
5: Muchas gracias, David.
0: Uh, igualmente. All right. Let's take a very very short break. If you're holding, stay on because we're going right back to the phones in a moment. The chances that your login credentials have been leaked in a data breach are higher than you might think, but you can actually check. If you go to aura.com/pacman, you can try Aura for free. Our sponsor Aura scans the dark web for your personal information, login credentials, social security number, and sends you alerts. Sign up and you could be shocked to see how many alerts you get on Aura. One of our team members found his login credentials in three different data breaches. Now, of course, he changed his passwords right away. I've told you before about one of my accounts getting hacked. Scary feeling. But Aura also does so much more by automatically requesting the removal of information from data search engines, giving you fast alerts on suspicious credit inquiries Aura has password management malware protection for all of your devices. And Aura also helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices by restricting certain apps. It's really like a Swiss army knife of online security. And you can try Aura for free for two weeks at aura.com slash Pacman. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's speak to a few more people. DavidPackman.com slash Discord is the place to do it. Let's go to Sammy in New York City. Sammy, what's going on? Sammy in New York City, please unmute yourself. You have self muted, and that is why no one can hear you. You are on the air, but you have muted yourself, Sammy. And if you unmute yourself, David? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes.
6: Oh, my God. Finally, I got through. Um, David, quick question. And you might have already answered this in sure. another uh, podcast. And I'd love your show, by the way. Thank you. Um, if um, Mike Pence had said it had agreed with Donald Trump and said, hey, you know what? I am going to stop the election yep. uh, of Biden. What would have happened? Like, what would that process have been like? I mean, I know he couldn't, but like he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, this is a very good question. I can't say that I can tell you for certain exactly what the sequence would have been if Pence did try to stop the election from being certified. Right. I don't believe he ultimately would have succeeded, but I think it would Mm -hmm. have been very dangerous and it probably would have been something like, Pence would say in certain states, like when they get to Arizona saying, we give our votes to Biden. Pence right. would have said something like, you know, due to the controversy, outstanding and blah, 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 blah I mm-hmm. am not going to accept those electoral votes. If he wanted to go further, he could have said, I'm going to recognize an alternate slate of electors, and that would have probably become a constitutional crisis if he simply rejected to accept some. My understanding is that it just lowers the total number
7: and Mm -hmm. it lowers
0: the number you need to be president from 270 to something lower. And Biden probably still. Becomes president, but with fewer. But the the point is, it would have been extremely dangerous, and it would have been a perilous moment for our democracy.
6: Right, and obviously he couldn't have carried it out anyway. But I agree. He's been such a Trump's like you know of his the whole while. So I'm just was curious about that. And David, I'm so excited to talk to you. Like I watch you every day. Well, thank you. So amazing.
0: I appreciate that.
6: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, good luck to your family. Um, And um, I'm 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 just blown away at how amazingly informative you are. I love you. I really appreciate
0: that. I'm sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. A
6: a thousand percent. Beautiful. (laughs)
0: Beautiful. I knew I had a feeling, Sammy, that you are.
6: I am. All right. Thank you so much for the
0: call. I appreciate it.
6: My pleasure. Have a good day. Sammy from the
0: city. Great, great stuff. Let's go next to Ricky from Charlotte. Ricky from Charlotte, welcome to the program.
8: Hey, David. Uh, I just uh, joined the call log, so I didn't hear the earlier questions. But has anyone already asked about the the Fetterman Oz debate?
0: Well, it, what was brought up? The only thing that's been brought up so far about Oz Fetterman earlier this week was that the the left just seems to have higher standards for candidates, sometimes to our own uh, deficit. That that was really the only angle so far.
8: Okay. Well, I guess the the main thing I was getting at was how, was trying to get an idea of how damaging uh, you think this could be for Fetterman. Um, and I, I know that like, it's probably remains to be seen. I was yeah. trying to like, look at other campaigns that have had like, di- you know, things that in theory should have been disastrous, but some candidates still ended up performing better. Yeah. Um. I I don't know if you uh, saw that like in 2018 there was a um there's a, a famous brothel owner in Nevada who was running for election. He was like a big friend of uh, Donald Trump. I remember actually, that. I don't remember yeah, he, the
0: guy's name, but I remember Dennis Hoff. Dennis, Dennis Hoff. Hoff. He, okay. He
8: died. He died two weeks before his election, and he still won by like a two to one margin. Right. Um. And so you know, I feel like you know, dying has got to be like worse than like just having.
0: Um, you know, a speech issue, like yeah. expressing
8: yourself, yeah, so
0: here's but, my sense of so this yeah. uh, you're right, I don't know what the effect is going to be yet the 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 issue what what really is disappointing about this is Fetterman's not having a cognitive issue. It was very right. clear during the debate he knew Oz's positions on things, he knew uh what Oz had said about different things. He was having an issue converting thoughts into speech, and it's not as though this would in any way limit his ability to be a senator. His doctors have cleared him for full senatorial duty. And because it's so close, it's a one point right now with the polling we have. It's one point three points by which Fetterman is winning. You may end up with Senator Oz because Fetterman had a stroke, and that's just so disturbing.
8: So you think there are probably some enough undecided left that would be willing to flip their vote? I'm not saying Oz there just are. I'm
0: not saying there are. But I'm saying it's so close that even if the number is really small, it could flip the election. I don't think it's a large number of people. It's just so close.
8: OK, and I guess so the last thing on this is uh, it, what do you think Fetterman could do from here, like the last two weeks? to turn this around time. I I don't think there's anything. I
0: think it's just it's the ground game. And I don't I don't know that Fetterman publicly doing stuff is what he needs. I think it's just he's got to have a better ground game. Get out the vote. Put on repeat the fact that Oz said local politicians should be involved in making decisions about abortions and hope that that is enough. Do you
8: think what if he did like a press conference with like a physician or something like that? And and he was able to speak more clearly or the issue is,
0: It's got to yeah. go really well. And so he's got to be sure it's going to go so well that it will convince people. And I just don't know. I just don't know.
8: Yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, um, it's right. a, it's, I, it's I, a I
0: frustrating it's- situation. I agree with you.
8: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for taking my call. Maybe All right.
0: Thanks very much. There's Ricky from Charlotte raising uh, very important questions. That's for sure. Let's go to Ann in Wisconsin, another uh, critical state in this election. and welcome to the program.
7: Hi. Um, glad that I got through. Um, so, I am looking at the macro picture of kind of American politics right now, and I am kind of scared of the overall. Let's say Naziization of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and I think you've talked about it and the increasing anti-Semitism. Yes, that is taking over. And from my perspective, being one of those letters in the LGBT, it is terrifying because I think what gets overlooked. Is that the Nazis are the reason that um our research into um lgbt health is not where it should be we are years and years behind because um one of the pioneers um i believe his name is Hirschfeld um all of his research was burned by the nazis so um and so it it, it and this is relevant because the question of the Supreme Court overturning gay marriage is kind of up in the air right now. Yes. And to me, this just screams, holy shit, we're going down Nazi land.
0: And so that's horrifying. It would be better if you didn't swear because we have to bleep that. I also am well, wondering I did, did you have a question today, Anne?
7: Yes. Yes. Um, do you have an overall. Um, sense that that's the direction. That we're going. Or do you think that's a fringe? Do you think that's going to become a majority of the
0: party majority? I don't know, but it's been made abundantly clear that they're not stopping with their victory on Roe v Wade. You don't have your biggest victory and then say I'm done. I mean, okay, Michael Jordan retired at the top after three but then he came back and he won some more. And then, you know, okay. the point is, it's they're not going to just call it quits after one of their biggest victories in decades. They've said they believe that the gay marriage decision was wrongly decided in the same way that they believe Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. So they're coming for it. The question is, will they succeed? And I don't know the answer to that. One thing that scares me, Anne, is that if you look at recent right wing in person events like, for example, CPAC a few months ago, the biggest applause lines were the anti LGBT um, uh, comments. And it happened with Ted Cruz on pronouns and it happened with Trump. And so it does seem that there is a resurgence of anti LGBT sentiment within the Republican Party.
7: Right. And my take on that and I don't know if you agree, is that none of them care about that. It's just mass hysteria.
0: Who doesn't care? In what sense? The they don't Republicans, care about what
7: they don't. I don't think they really care about the gay marriage or the the pronouns. Oh, I, they I just, think they
0: do. But I think they care about it more broadly about what they feel it means for the direction of the country and less about individual LGBT people that I would agree with.
7: OK, because yeah. I think I, I I don't know, I just think are they going to use this kind of. Rhetoric because I, I, I honestly think that they're going to go Nazi just flat out,
0: well, I I don't know. Let's hope that doesn't happen, but in the in the immediate, we have some very important votes coming up just two weeks from now. So I know you'll be voting Anne, and I really appreciate the call. uh, All
7: right. Thank you so much for having me on. Sorry for the swears. No problem. There is Anne from Wisconsin.
0: Very, very important stuff. And I appreciate that. Let's go to the state of Georgia. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Is it Hannah? Is that the right pronunciation?
9: yeah sorry hi um it's uh hannah it's just spelled weird because my uh mom's family is from the netherlands oh okay um but yeah so sorry i'm super nervous I'm, you're, you're doing I'm, great i'm so in far. georgia like i was uh i wasn't born here but i grew up here like even when i moved in high school i came back here for college mm-hmm. and to be with my family and friends and like just the right ra- like the rate they're going like I'm like, as a person able to get pregnant and a mo- like a mother of a daughter, I'm honestly petrified to stay in Georgia or right. really even the U.S. if it keeps going down the route we're going. Um, And so like, but I'm sure like I have like an idealized version of other countries. So like, I was just wondering, like, are there any countries that you're like confident in like their... You know, level of education, the government regulation, yeah, like standard of living, things like that. And then I did have one other question.
0: So listen, here. Here's the thing. There's a um, a metric called the Human Development Index. OK. And I hear you saying, you know, you're worried about Georgia, But maybe you're worried about the entire U.S. I do think it's important to understand that in the U.S., if you search for U.S. states ranked by HDI, you will find that at the top of the list you have Massachusetts, Connecticut, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Colorado. These are states whose HDI is equivalent to that of places like Switzerland, Norway, Iceland, Hong Kong, Australia, Denmark, Sweden. And those are all very good places to be. Human Development Index is basically a a kind of like a blended metric that takes into account life expectancy, education, income, health, a bunch of it's like a blended metric. Those states I mentioned and really everything from like, you know, roughly like. Oregon and up, which is like, you know, about 18 states or so. It's not that different than some of the best places in the world to live. The problem is that at the bottom of the list, it gets very bad, right? And it's mostly red states. It's Mississippi, West Virginia, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, South Carolina, Tennessee, Oklahoma. You know, you get the picture. Georgia's down there as well. Things are much, much worse. So one thing is it's hard to move to other countries. So I would look at is there a state you can move to where abortion rights are safe? Education is better. Access to healthcare is better. And the answer is there are many such states. If you want to look internationally, then you're looking at some of the countries I just mentioned. But it's quite difficult to move to some of those places.
9: Yeah, well, I think I just worry more about like not even just like down to the particular states, but like what they're coming after a national level. I understand.
0: Like a, a I understand. Level. The truth is even with that, there are many states in which you are protected against a lot of those things. Not all of them, certainly. Yeah. Social Security—you are not going to be protected no matter what state you are in if they gut it. But uh, you know, it, you don't have to run away screaming just just yet. I'll tell you if the time comes for that.
9: Okay. Yeah. Um, and I did have one more question about sure. like how to kind of like appeal to MAGA people, like yep. from Democrats. Sure. Um, so like would trying to like, I know that obviously they like a lot of them have very confused moral compasses, yes. but like, if you're trying to appeal to them, like on a human standpoint, because like, obviously saying you're wrong or like, you're not, you know, you're, you're dumb, stuff like that, isn't gonna appeal to them. It's just going to irritate them. So like maybe trying to go about like, uh, Democrats coming from a standpoint of, you know, I'm sorry that these politicians have manipulated you and lied to you to steal, you know, to take your vote for their own personal power and greed. I like, know, like that idea and then like present like actual real life, how it would affect like democratic policies would affect your daily life, not just these two broad or too anecdotal versions of these scenarios.
0: I totally understand the idea. I think it's a good one. But understand that a lot of these folks aren't going to want to accept that they were tricked and lied to. But your instinct is a good one. Your instinct is not to just start beating people over the head with facts. Hannah, I got to run, but I really appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hannah from Georgia. That does it for calls today. We will take calls again. I promise you that. One of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress for years and I always recommend it to friends. You'd simply take this Helix sleep quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleep position, whether you have back pain and then Helix will match you up with the mattress that is personalized to your needs and they ship it to you for free. Another reason I went with Helix is that unlike a lot of mattress companies out there, Every single Helix mattress is made in the USA by a skilled production team, which means when you buy a Helix mattress, you are supporting great jobs. I'm not the only one who loves Helix. Helix was recently awarded number one mattress by both GQ and Wired magazine. Every Helix mattress comes with a 10 or 15 year warranty. You can try it 100 nights and send it back for a full refund if you need to support the David Pakman show. By getting your next mattress from Helix Sleep, and you'll get up to three hundred and fifty dollars off any mattress plus two free pillows when you go to helix sleep slash pacman. That's H E L I X S L E E P dot com slash pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. All right, let's get into the Friday mailbag. You can email info at davidpacman.com. We sometimes will include Facebook posts or messages or YouTube comments or tweets or it's all fair game if you're commenting publicly. But info at David dot com is the place to email. We are starting today, indeed, with a YouTube comment. It comes from Robert Robert says my President Trump, my president who I voted for, who took care of America first left an economy with a one point four percent inflation. Everybody was working then on the first day, like I told everybody I studied this, I already knew the election was going to be stolen. He's going to shut down the Keystone power plant. Gas is going to go up. He's going to open the border. This country is self-destructive. Everything happened. It's self-engineered. It's all intentional. And you know that. And then there's more but I would be very, very much oxygen deprived if I continued. Uh, It's going to be hard to talk this guy out of this stuff at Thanksgiving. Okay, that that I can say for sure. And uh, this type of stuff is everywhere. It's quite literally everywhere. I don't know what we do with it. I don't know how we deal with it. And we recently spoke to former Scientologist Mike Rinder, who said, oh, no, no, no. Cult beliefs are they are very, very Stubborn things. They are very resistant to change, I guess we would say. Uh, Good luck to Robert, a Dan wrote in. And uh, again, this one of the things that happens is when we do a live stream, lots of people who have no clue who I am or about our show will be watching, which is great thanks to the algorithm, you know, new people. But many of them are shocked that I'm on the left and I don't just shut my mouth the entire show. And Dan wrote in about the Abrams Dabate, that's D-A-B-A-T-E, and said Pacaman, I was trying to hear and understand the viewpoints being espoused tonight. But due to your unnecessary progressive commenting, I decided to change the channel and not even give Abrams a chance, right? My opinions made it so that you decided. That you were supporting Brian Kemp. Mm, Incredible amount of power that I have. Dan goes on to say, I think that your viewpoints are poisonous and not indicative of most Americans. Not really accurate, actually. Yes, I am with Trump and garbage like transgender should not be taught in schools again. I still what does it mean to teach transgender? I don't know. They're all repeating it. I pray that your children will have a more conservative viewpoint on subjects that are internal to homes and not society as a whole. Uh, No prayer needed. Uh, I think it is quite likely that my children will have beautiful, uh, empathetic, open minded perspectives, not very much aligned with Dan. But thank you. And yes, if you just want the debate only, there are many, many other places where you can find that. Ozan wrote in with tears in his eyes, he says. Did Mike Pillow ever send you pillows to try out? I heard they're normal pillows. Nothing special. Also, are you going to appear on his insane show? I seem to remember him inviting you on while he was arguing with your Facebook followers. Love the show. Yeah. So no on the pillows. Pillow insisted during the interview, I'm going to send you these pillows. You can they're going to be the best thing ever. Uh, and I said, listen, I think you're completely wrong about voter fraud. But if the pillow's a good pillow, I'll tell the audience. And he said his assistant would follow up. His assistant never followed up. No one followed up. There are no pillows on the way. He also did not invite me onto his show. So it may m- make him as a shock to some of you. He may not always be telling the truth. I'm starting to suspect Daniel wrote in about Tulsi Gabbard. And this is a this is a good question. Uh, David, at what point do you think Tulsi Gabbard started plotting out her Dem exit, her Democratic exit? I do have to admit I was bamboozled by her, although I didn't vote for her. Of course, you're right. And in hindsight, I see she was and is obviously a grifter. I just wonder if as far back as 2016 or before she had already been planning this, that she had been positioning herself to be a Democrat who would ultimately leave the left because the left left her. After all, that's how the right wing pundits have used her, showing her off as a Democrat who they can depend on to criticize other Democrats much the way they did with Dave Rubin. Both of them took advantage of that to position themselves for financial gain and notoriety before ultimately becoming full throated right wingers. What do you think, Daniel in San Francisco? I do not think this was something Tulsi planned uh, ahead of time. Tulsi is an opportunist and a grifter. Okay, and as such, I mean, guys, think about it. I understand going from. You know, I really think we should have super high taxes on the rich to saying, actually, uh, I think 37 as a top tax rate is fine once you make above 400 K, even if you make a billion bucks. Like, I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand that. But Tulsi went from being a Democrat by name anyway, in the Democratic primary to over the weekend. She was at a rally to end child mutilation. And of course, your guess is as good as mine what that means. Does that relate to vaccines? Does that relate to gender affirming care for trans people? I don't I don't know what child mutilation they're referring to, but it's a whacked out event. It's just opportunism. It's where who's interested in me? Democrats were not interested in Tulsi. She got what? One, two percent of support in 2020 in the primary. And just nobody cared because it was also boring. Same thing with Trump. Right. I mean, listen, if Trump did his shtick and said, I'm running in the Democratic primary. Ha ha. Maybe he makes one debate and then he's gone. Trump's not winning a Democratic primary. It's the wrong audience for him. He needs people willing to, you know. So he ran as a Republican. Similarly, uh, the stuff tools he's doing works way better on the right. And she's going full in. So, no, I think she did not plan this far ahead. It was just when she ran in Hawaii. The way to become a member of Congress was run as a Democrat. And I think Tulsi, if anything, probably has very flexible political views or none at all. And it's just all a grift. Bill wrote in and says, David, I have a question. Can Trump run in 2024? That is, the 22nd Amendment says no one can be president who's been elected twice. Trump won in 2016 and he claims he won 2020, therefore the fact he refuses to concede the 2020 election." means he cannot run in 2024 bill, of course, you're making sense. But no, this isn't going to work because they've already figured it out this way. And I'll tell you, it is they are right about this. Even if you believe that the will of the people was for Trump to win, the states transmitted their electoral votes such that Biden got 270 and Biden is the president. So certainly Trump can still serve. And and I know that I get the idea, right? Trump says I ran twice. I won twice. Well, if you won twice, you can't run again. You can't serve more than two terms as president. And Trump has only served one term. So I wouldn't I wouldn't focus on that too, too much. Kevin wrote in and says, hey, uh, David, first off, I watched your recent video showing the absolute insanity of these right wing political hopefuls. How these people have gotten this far is beyond me. Second, Do you think these people pronounce Kamala Harris's name as Kamala instead of Kamala because it sounds more brown, for lack of a better clarifying term? It seems to me they have a vested interest in making their opponents seem more other, regardless if they turn around and spit out melting pot disingenuity right after. Uh, Thanks for your show, David. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not saying Republicans in their heads go, hey, you know what? If I say Kamala, instead of Kamala, it sounds more black, so I'm going to do it. I'm not even necessarily saying Republicans think to themselves I'm going to disrespect Kamala Harris by mispronouncing her complicated, non white sounding name. I think it may even be operating at a subconscious level, but there is no doubt that part of the reason they can't just say Kamala or won't say Kamala is because Kamala Harris is a non white woman. Subconsciously, overtly, we could argue, I don't know, but there is no doubt that that is a factor. Myank wrote in about the Gish Gallup and says David, sir, you spoke about how to combat the Mike Lindell style Gish Gallup debate strategy, which was super interesting. It made me wonder if you have any tips on how to learn to deploy that strategy in a debate yourself. I also wonder what happens if both parties use that strategy incoherence, I assume. yeah, so as a reminder, gish gallop is when you you say 10, 12 different things in a debate uh, it's impossible to follow all of them. It's just like throwing a bunch of crap at the wall, right? So you know during these uh, 2022 debates, we've seen the topic of I don't even know the southern border come up, right? And a Republican will go, uh, Joe Biden has opened the southern border and is letting people pour in to these Democrat sanctuary cities. The border was fixed under Trump. The wall was built and we had the strongest border ever. And they're bringing in fentanyl. Actually, they like to say fentanyl fentanyl. The fentanyl is coming in from China and it's coming through the southern border. And now it's in Halloween candy and. Right. And. If it's not. Oh, you get 30 seconds to rebut that. Right. If you get 30 seconds to to rebut that the way many of these debates are structured, you can't do it. The debates are mostly structured in a way where you can't fight the gish gallop. The best way to have a fighting chance when you have 30 seconds to rebut all of that stuff is to say, listen, there were so many lies there. I can't rebut them all in 30 seconds. If you give me more time, I will. But the wall wasn't built. There is no open border. The fentanyl is right. And you just go boom, 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 boom. He he or she is lying to you. That's your best shot in a 30 second response format in a more extended conversation at Thanksgiving or whatever. What I like to do is say, listen, you just mentioned 12 different things. We can't talk about 12 different things at once. We just we just can't. Are you willing to to talk about these things one at a time so we can actually figure out what's going on? Because I want to know what's really going on. And if you can get the other person to commit to that, um, then you have a fighting chance. But in the debate format, it's impossible because you can't do it in 30 seconds. Um, Malcolm wrote in and said this is why Democrats lose. Hey, David, I watched your excellent stream of the Georgia Senate debate. There was a difference of expectations. Warnock proving he should continue as U.S. Senator Walker proving he could express coherent thought in the English language. I waited for Warnock to deliver the killing blow. He let Walker express pro-life sentiments without bringing up the abortions he has paid for and let him take a stand on many issues he doesn't understand or has no answer to from crime to health care to education. Why do you think mainstream Democrats can't fight Republicans on their own level? I don't want him to dismantle democracy or perpetuate lies, but I do want them to fight Republicans on their own ground by fighting hard. Can we fix this? I was also disappointed. So on the abortion thing, I think Warnock just said he considers Walker's personal life and the abortion stuff out of bounds. So I think what Warnock decided not to talk about that. But there were many opportunities for Warnock to say, ladies and gentlemen, my opponent has no idea what he's talking about. He just said about 100 words. There is no meaning to what he is talking about. Here's the truth about ABC. If he can't even explain to you that he understands this, how can we empower him to be one of 100 U.S. senators? It is dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. The Republicans have done something dangerous and uh, irresponsible here. He didn't he didn't go that way. I don't know why. And maybe his thought is it would come off poorly. I, I don't know why, but I was not thrilled with that performance. Or many others. Mark Kelly's performance wasn't good. Uh, it's depressing. And I'm sure there's an explanation as to why. I'd like to hear it and evaluate it for myself. We've got a great bonus show coming up for you today. Sign up at jointpacman.com. Don't miss it.